Now, you're in the WOR Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy. All right, into our final hour here in the Sports Zone. Again, if you haven't heard, the Mets uh, snowed out today against the Philadelphia Phillies. They'll be making that up uh, in July. They'll have a single-admission doubleheader. Uh, but uh, as far as tonight goes and the Mets in the short term, uh, they're off tonight now, and they'll be back at it tomorrow. Again, weather willing, as there is some rain in the forecast during the day tomorrow, which could cause uh, some havoc for the Yankees as well, and, and you know, obviously more havoc than it would for the Mets, because for the Yankees, it's their opening day. Today was supposed to be opening day for the Yankees, and then um, you know you push it back tomorrow, you have that one extra day, and then it starts to get uh, complicated. I can't remember it happening you know, with the Mets or um, you know, with the team that I've followed, where you can't start the season on one of those first two. Uh, so uh, we'll see what happens there, and, and hopefully the rain holds off for uh, most of the day tomorrow. But one thing uh, it does allow for you know, Mets players and people around the team, they get to watch the NCAA title game tonight, right? Uh, it'll be Villanova and Michigan going head-to-head here. Villanova with an opportunity for a second national title within three years, uh, which would be quite the accomplishment. And we welcome on right now Mo Cacera, ESPN and CBS college basketball analyst. And uh, Mo, great to have you on the show again. How you been? Hey, thanks for having me. The big night, the championship game. It is here. Uh, what uh, What do you think makes, and maybe it's an obvious question, but what makes Villanova and what they have built here so unique, so special as, you know, being a two-time national champion? No fluke, nothing like that if you're able to pull it off twice. Well, you know, I think Jay Wright's built a program. It's not just a good team. It's a tremendous program. Year in and year out, they have great guards. Um, they know how to play. They're so unselfish. You know, every time you watch them, they just play harder and harder. And, and Jay seems to talk less and less. You know, he's just got everything in motion. And uh, their guys play hard. They play together. And uh, what they've built is a championship program. Is it the recruiting, you think? Or is this a, a culture that's been built that just seems to get the, the most out of these guys? Because it's not, you know, it's not a lottery pick after lottery pick coming out of this program of late. Well, isn't it interesting, you know, you see that in Michigan really and in Villanova, you know, two teams that really do it the right way, coaches uh, who work at it, they, they, they preach culture, they, they recruit kids to their system, they get guys who can shoot and pass and share the ball, and here they are in the national championship game. So a lot of credit to both of them for doing that. Yeah, and uh, again, it'll be Villanova, Michigan tonight. Uh, now, you know, for Villanova, a, a tremendous performance from uh, from downtown against Kansas to get themselves into the championship game. What have um, you know? What have you noticed as far as the, the strategy goes? Is, is this a team, you know, at the college level that you know reminds you of the Warriors, the Rockets, and and some of that NBA style uh, that we've been seeing perking up in, in recent years? Well, yeah, you see uh, all guys that can shoot the basketball, right? You know, five guys on the court at the time that can all step away, tough to guard, um, versatile. Um, yeah, you're seeing a lot of NBA kind of sneak into the college game, especially with those big guys that can step away and shoot the basketball. It's uh, You think the analytics, is that part of it, or are they just watching the NBA game and say, hey, that looks fun and it's working? Well, I think the game has changed. You know, uh, you, you, the days of the – kind of throw it down to the center and play off of him or gone, at least for right now. And I think the NBA game has crept into college basketball in many ways, in many very positive ways. And the game's open, it's played fast, and these two teams tonight both shoot the ball so well. They share it. 
They space the court out. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, it should be fun. Uh, and you know, Villanova's uh, you know a decent sized favorite here, at least compared to you know recent uh, championship games. How stunning would it be to you if Michigan ends up pulling uh, pulling this one out tonight? Uh, I wouldn't be stunned either way. I, I think you know you have a team in Villanova who's probably the best team going in, and and maybe uh, a team Michigan who's been playing the best over the last couple weeks, maybe on the best run you know through the Big Ten and and certainly in through the NCAA tournament. So I wouldn't be shocked if Michigan wins. Again, you know, don't underestimate the John Beeline factor. You know, one of the truly great coaches in the game. He's been in this game before, uh, hasn't won, but certainly has has got his team here and knows what it's all about. And their team's been kind of on a mission. They're just playing with a ton of confidence. But Villanova seems to be on a roll right now. I wouldn't be shocked either way. It's a tough call, but I think it's going to be a great basketball game. Is there something that you see that could very well decide this game tonight, uh, a matchup, or you know, something Michigan's going to have to prevent from Villanova, whatever it might be? Yeah, it's really interesting. You know, I think we talk so much about offense because both of these teams shoot the ball well. They have fun guys to watch. You know, they're big guys step away from the basketball. They can shoot it from from deep. You know, they can do all kinds of different things. But I think what it's really going to come down to is defense. I think it's going to be the team who can really play consistent team defense, can string, you know, uh, defensive stops together, limit second-chance shots. Like, those are the little things that, you know, the average person might not be looking at. But I'll tell you what, those are the type of things that are going to win you a national championship. So I'm going to really be watching on the defensive end, which team seems to have a little more intensity there. I think that's the team that's going to win. you got to think national championship game. It's going to be all intensity early. Uh, you know, how do you think either team will have an advantage being in this kind of big spot? At least Villanova, you know, some of these guys have experienced it a, a couple of years ago. Yeah, you know, I mean, the one thing is now both of these teams have played on this court. You know, you know, the, the game on Saturday is always difficult because you're playing in such a huge arena, uh, different backdrops, a different look, a whole different approach. But they've, they've been out there now. They've practiced there now. They've played there now. They've kind of got the jitters out. So I don't give either team an advantage that way. I think it's really going to be the team who consistently plays great team defense and certainly shoots the basketball well. We saw what Villanova did the other night. We saw how Michigan played for a spurt in the second half. So I think we're in for a treat. I've really, you know, two teams that I think if you circled way back when the tournament started, if you had them in the finals, I think a lot of people would have been very happy. Yeah, so uh, John Beeline with a chance to win his first national championship there with Michigan. It would be a second for Jay Wright if Villanova pulls it off. And, you know, sometimes you you have a lot of success on one level. You get curious about what might be beyond that. Could you... Could you envision, uh, do you think he, he could have some success if Jay Wright decided, hey, let me see and, and try out a new thing, let's say, in the NBA? I, I just don't see that. I mean, I, I know both guys fairly well. I don't, I don't see that in their DNA. I mean, you know, Jay just, I think, loves being in a, in a culture in a place like Villanova where there's just so, so much, you know, such a great brand, so much winning and so many great people. He loves this area. Now, you know, you never say never if the money is so great, but – uh, I'm not so sure that what Jay does and does so well translates to the NBA because what he does and does so well at the college level is, you know, one of the great going to go down as one of the great coaches of all time in college basketball. Yeah, and, and does he need the second championship for that? I mean, what what puts him at that kind of uh, of level? You know, where would you stack him against you know some of the great coaches in the game right now? Well, I think he's certainly in that you know that that top tier. You know. 
um, because what he's done, you know, he's taken Villanova, made it into a national brand. He's been able to recruit nationally. He's been able to be, you know, a number one seed consistently. Um, you know, he's not in the ACC. He's not necessarily, you know, he's not in the Big 12 or the Big 10 or the Pac-12, some of the leagues that get so much more, you know, exposure throughout the year uh, as the Big East has changed dramatically, as we all know. Uh, and what they've done is just power through that and just built an absolute powerhouse year in and year out. They're fun to watch. They've got great fan base. Uh, you know, what they do is it's it's fun to kind of see from a distance. No, it's been a remarkable run for Villanova. We'll see if they can continue it tonight and knock off Michigan. And uh, Mo Cacera, ESPN, CBS College Basketball Analyst. Uh, we appreciate the time, Coach. Thank you. Always great to be on with you. Enjoy the game tonight. All right, you too. And uh, for uh, Villanova here, I mean, it's been a long run with, with what this team has accomplished. Remember, you know, it wasn't that long ago, hey, Villanova, they can't get over the hump. They can't, you know, win that big game when they need to. They had a lot of, uh, you know, a couple of early exits uh, in the NCAA tournament. Obviously, that changed with the dramatic conclusion of that championship game uh, a couple of years ago. But you look year to year what Villanova has done. These are records the last five years. 29 and 5, 33 and 3, 35 and 5, 32 and 4, 35 and 4. Absolute upper echelon. And again, the Big East isn't what it used to be, which is a factor in some of those records as well. But uh, they have been able to get, you know, consistently deep into the NCAA tournament and, you know, another opportunity here. And they've done it, especially this year. It's not the one and dones. It's not the, you know, Kentucky way of going about it. Even Duke now always seems to have one of those big lottery picks and and they're going to have what, like three or four of them uh, coming in next year. Uh, But Villanova has been able to do it, you know, year to year with a, you know, more, more workmanlike group. I mean, it's not as if there's not uh, a whole lot of talent there, but um, you know, Jay Wright's been able to to make it all work, and you know, it seems um, you know, it's, it's put together as good a culture as you're going to find in college basketball for uh, for consistent success. So Villanova, Michigan. What time does that game start tonight? Uh, 11:30. Uh, is it is it starting before midnight tonight? What like are 9:08? We? I think. Yeah. Okay. A little after nine o'clock. But the, you know, these are terrible. <laughs> Yeah, it's late. It's late. Uh, yeah, I, I don't feel it as much as people who have to get up at 9 o'clock in the morning or, or at work at 9 o'clock in the morning. But, uh, yeah, that's – it just stinks, these championship games, except the Super Bowl. Really, they're all so unattainable uh, or unwatchable for a lot of people and especially a lot of kids. And, you know, you wonder – how the NFL has become the most popular sport in this country. Eh, maybe it has a little something to do with uh, with how it's going there. What's I, up, I was Brent? talking to my friend about this uh, the other today, actually. And, uh, you know, we were saying this, that the national championship game in college basketball is the one sport game where it just seems like less and less people get interested in it as it goes on. Like, you know, yeah. the NFL playoffs, you, you gain more and more interest in the Super Bowl, the same thing, the World Series, but you seem to lose the fans as this tournament goes on. No, well, it's interesting. We'll dive into that when we come back. Uh, 800-321-0710, the number. It's the Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy on The Voice of New York, 710-WOR.com. We're back in the WOR Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy. So producer Ray brought up uh, an interesting point at the end of last segment that it, it is odd. Every other playoffs that we have in this country, it all builds up to the ultimate event, the championship game. 
except the NCAA basketball tournament where if we're naming right the the greatest sports days of the year you might go Super Bowl you might go you know World Series what this or that but Thursday NCAA tournament comes up not the NCAA tournament championship game not what's going to happen tonight with Villanova and Michigan but that first day First and second day, because you, you yeah. got eight games going, you got all the regionals. It's it's crazy. But why do you think that is? I think you lose the other school's interest. If your school's in it, if your town's in it, you lose that. You kind of get past that, and you have the bracket, obviously, and that's really become a bigger thing now. Is like once your bracket's done, uh, you know, and and I won this year, by the way. Once your bracket is done, you really don't care much anymore, unless unless you have a you know unless you have a team that's still in it. Yeah, Ray did win the Sports Zone pool. Congratulations, Ray. Thank you. Get you. that Thank out of you. the way. Mark could pass me tonight because ESPN scoring system's terrible. I don't know who signed us up on that, but you get like a bazillion points if you pick the national title winner. Anyway, I'm just a little bitter about it. I'll be rooting for the Wolverines. But uh, the, the key part of it is the bracket, but really, it's gambling. That's oh, why. Yes. That's why the tournament is what it is. That's why they've sold out the whole sport for the one month, because everybody and your mom goes out and fills out a bracket when things go. And you don't have to put a lot of money into it. When I say gambling, you don't have to be you know betting the over-unders in every one of these games. But if you put $5 in a pool, even just filling out the bracket yourself and being in competition against somebody else like I am against you two clowns, and we don't have any money on the line. We're just playing for pride. But you have a rooting interest in every single game because of that bracket, because you have an investment of sorts. It's the gambling aspect of it that wins. And for the most part, it's only a small percentage of people that still have a chance to win their pool once the championship game comes up, especially with how wacky it was this year. So, you know, there are some people who have, they need Michigan, they need Villanova in order to win their pool. But uh, for the vast majority of us, we've been dead for weeks and it doesn't have a whole lot of meaning to you otherwise. In the NCAA tournament, it's not about the championship game. I don't think about the Final Four top of mind when I think about NCAA tournament. I think about that first weekend. Yeah. That's where it is. And you know, I think also the one and dones have also hurt that you don't have the tradition. You don't have guys coming back year after year. Yeah, you don't have stars. The stars are the coaches now. Right. Which is not nearly as fun as having uh, you know, a guy get close for a couple of years and then have a chance to get over the top. We just I can't name a Villanova. I can't name a single player that will be partaking in the game tonight. Now, I don't. I'm not a big college basketball guy, as might be obvious with that. But I, I seriously, I cannot name a member of Villanova, a member of Michigan. I've watched a game or two. Like you know, I've seen these two teams play once or twice over the course of this tournament. But I could not name a single player. I know one. You know one. And the only reason why is because uh, he's the son of Rick Brunson who was a former Nick and former Temple player who played high school basketball game. Okay, so you have some odd school. reason why yeah. you know it. Is. Mark Wiener, can you name a player in, in today's game? Board operate, uh, Mark, can you name a single player in tonight's game? Jalen Brunson. Okay, is that it? That's the only player you know? Because yeah, Ray just said it. Because Ray just said it? Pretty much, yeah, I think so. No, I knew it before. I was thinking that when you said that originally. Okay, so you, you have one guy that you know in the game. But isn't that insane? These guys have been on national television Five games as part of this NCAA tournament beyond Michigan in the Big Ten tournament, beyond Villanova in the Big East tournament, and 
we, people who theoretically know sports, right? I mean, I know we care about sports, but can't even name who the players are in this game. You we, go back- we know the coaches, but we don't know the players. You I've seen them before. In the old days, you knew the teams. You know, you yeah. knew Augman and all them on the UNLV. You knew Duke with the Leitners and the Hurleys and all that. There, you just don't have that anymore. No, you I, lost it. You know, Grayson Allen is kind of one of the big yeah. names, just because he's been around long enough to be the villain. To you know, have nearly the game-winning shot against Kansas this year, and then it rattles out, right? But he's one of those guys that's been around long enough that you know. His name, you know, Tyler Hansborough years ago at UNC. I mean, they always, those Duke UNC guys have the advantage because they get thrust in our faces whenever they play and it becomes, you know, the big event in sports on that given day. So we tend to know, you know, the JJ Reddicks we could go through over the last 10 years, you know, the guys that have been a big part of that. But generally, the guys that of names that I'm conscious of are someone who's in that Duke UNC bubble and has been there for a couple of years or the top picks. Right, the guys who are going to potentially be at the top of the draft, and uh, you know, even when Ben Simmons doesn't make the NCAA tournament, uh, you hear the name a billion times. Right. John uh, over Wall. The course of the season. You go over the years. You go with yeah. Uh, Kentucky usually can yep. name a couple of guys. You know, I'm, I'm not on top of it as much as I should be this year. The Knicks don't have a top pick, so I I, I don't even want to know uh, who's good. Right, Buddy Heald is uh, Oklahoma. All right, um, do I have that right? Okay, that is right. Yep. Okay, yeah, I got one. So, you know, it, it's, uh, but the, the player, it's not, it doesn't build up in the same way, but I'm not sure that's it. I mean, I just think it's straight up the, the gambling interest. You have a rooting interest every game. That's why it's fun on Thursday and Friday because, hey, it's still new. I have a chance. I can win a couple of bucks. I can beat my friends, whatever it is. But every 20 minutes, you have a game on that you have a rooting interest in. And that's what it's about, and I think it's it's fascinating what's happening right now. So the Supreme Court, and I don't know everything about this, but the Supreme Court's going to decide soon on sports gambling and you know whether it could be legalized in uh, Major League Baseball and NBA. They want this to happen, and it could be you know a big plus for these sports that rather than you know kind of tiptoeing around gambling being a part of it, now you can actually have it legal and part of the game and if you ever watch a soccer game in Europe all you see is the advertisements for where you could bet on those games and the players make enough money now that you don't worry about the integrity of the product of the games uh, being ruined as it has in the past you know like the 1919 Black Sox and obviously in college hoops it would be a different story um, but for the most part you're not going to be able to buy out a major league baseball player to to blow a game or you know an NFL quarterback to blow a game it would just it, there's too much for those guys to lose it's not worthwhile uh, but you could get people involved with more than just you know their team baseball's become a regional sport right you care about the Mets maybe you care about the Yankees and you don't so much care what's going on elsewhere unless it's a division rival. You care about the Nationals, maybe you care about the Phillies for the first two months while they're relevant, and then everything kind of washes away and it's just about your team and whoever you're competing with. But people aren't you know, going out of their ways to watch Sunday Night Baseball. You've seen the, the ratings of those national games drop over the years. Well, what if you could give people, now, hey, you put a couple of bucks on this baseball game. Is that going to make you watch more games? Yeah, 
It's why fantasy has been, you know, such a boon for all of these sports and probably the biggest for football, but you have a rooting interest in games that otherwise you'd have no reason to watch. Monday night football games are terrible, but when they decide your fantasy football game that week, you're more likely to watch. So this could be a big game changer, you know, especially for a sport like baseball that has become so regional where people don't care about what's going on nationally in the game. They only care about what's happening with their team where, hey, if it could become legal to to gamble, to bet on these games, you're going to get a whole lot more interest in your sport overall. So that could be a big game changer. And that's what March is all about. It's all about the bracket. I mean, to, to say otherwise is is silly. It's about the bracket, and you have a rooting interest tonight if it impacts your bracket or you went to Villanova or you went to Michigan. Beyond that, I I can't imagine there are that many people watching the game that don't have some kind of stake in it. Have you ever done a day in Vegas during a any kind of a sporting event? Yeah. I, at well, the sports book. Uh, I was out there for the World Cup years ago. Like that seems like a pretty good one to be at. I was at there. Yeah. I was at uh, the sports book for AFC NFC Championship Day once, and that was a blast. I mean, I had such a great time, you know, betting props and things like that. It, it was, it, it's great. And I, I, they told me, you know, you got to come during a regular season. Just a regular season football Sunday in Vegas at the sports book is like an insane experience. Yeah, it's supposed to be great. I've been in the sports book for Sunday NFL, but I was like kind of half working, so I wasn't betting or anything. Right, but right. I was able to experience. You have people just yelling in random little pockets, uh, absurd place, places that should not matter at all, and suddenly they matter a ton. I mean, just being stupid, my friends and I, we were there. It was uh, preseason football. So it was like a preseason football game between the Panthers and the Giants, and we bet the Panthers to cover or something. So we needed Graham Harrell to lead the Panthers down the field. At the end of this preseason game, we're all alone in the sports book watching this thing and, like, screaming at the TV. It's the most exciting touchdown we ever saw. He got it done, and we won, like, 10 bucks. Uh, but, yes, it, it it does. It adds to the fun of the event if you don't already have a stake in it. If you have a stake in Michigan, well, oh, fine, you're in on tonight. If you have a stake on the Mets, you're going to watch the Mets game. But for those other games, these sports will all benefit by the gambling becoming legalized in sports. And it's interesting how it has changed, where in the past, these sports have all been, oh, no gambling, no gambling, no gambling. And now they want to see it happen. They want to have some control over it. And... I'm sure they want to have a stake in it as well, as there's a lot of money you could make there. But it would increase the um, eyeballs on the sport. I mean, no doubt about it. No doubt. I, mean, I play fantasy. I watch football games, baseball games, whatever it is, only because I want to see my guy hit or you know try to get some points for me. And that's the only reason I'll watch the game. I would never turn on the game otherwise. Uh, so I mean that's uh, undoubtedly impactful in a in a big way, and it's big been a big change. It'll be interesting to see you know how the Supreme Court comes back on that, and beyond that, how it gets instituted, and um, you know the safeguards that are are put in place. But it could you know really be a, a big time game changer in the not too distant future. Eight hundred three two one zero seven ten again. Eight hundred three two one zero seven ten. Uh, speaking of the NFL, the draft, uh, it's going to be a huge draft in a few weeks. The Jets, the Giants looking for a quarterback, and one of those top quarterbacks, their college coach, 
he's been all over the map on uh, on his guy and, and kind of given some some positives, some negatives. We'll we'll dive into that when we come back. It's the Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy on the Voice of New York seven ten W O R ten W O R. You're in the Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy. Uh, welcome back. Uh, tomorrow night, Mets on deck at 6.05, and we will have our first weekly spot with Jerry Blevins, Mets reliever. Looking forward to that. He'll be with us every Tuesday night, all Mets season long at 6.10. And and Jerry's a lot of fun. He's kind of a, a different cat for a baseball player. He, uh, you know, loves Movies, obviously, and, uh, you know, he, he's willing to have some fun and show his personality a little bit. So, uh, we'll, uh, we'll get that out of him each of these Tuesdays and we'll start it off, uh, tomorrow. Uh, following this, this Met snow out, as it were, uh, with the, the snow this morning, you know, nailing out the game today. Uh, so the guys, I don't know, they built Salty the Snowman. A.J. Ramos, Travis Darno, Ploiecki, Evans, they're out there and made a snowman on the field. I think he's already melted at this point, but uh, no baseball tonight. And, you know, hopefully, uh, weather willing, they'll be able to get it in tomorrow. There is some uh, rain in the uh, forecast. We'll have much more in the Mets coming up then. Uh, but that allows us to have some time here. It's like an off-season sports zone show, like we like to do six to nine uh, weeknights all off-season long. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, the Jets, Giants, NFL draft. I, I still can't wait for this day. And this is now total nonsense area on the calendar because there's no new information. The combine is nonsense too, but at least it's new information. Maybe somebody learned something or at least can talk about a great combine performance. Uh, now most of the pro days are done for these quarterbacks and all that's left is to sit and twiddle your thumbs and wait until the draft, which is still about three weeks away. Uh, and I think it's a dangerous time. It's where teams can start to overthink things. It's where. Uh, you know, legend becomes fact and rumor can start to become fact as, you know, things keep getting repeated over and over and over. So, you know, Jim Mora Jr., who is the head coach of Josh Rosen at UCLA, uh, he's been, you know, making the media rounds and he said some interesting things to say about Josh Rosen. He made headlines a few weeks back when he said that if he were the Browns, he would take Sam Darnold. Who is not Josh Rosen, the quarterback that he had at UCLA? Now, if you listen to how he explains it, he says that Darnold is more of a gritty guy, would fit better in Cleveland, and he likes the fit of Josh Rosen in New York. But when a guy, a college coach of a player, is not going to take that guy number one, it does kind of, huh, look at that. And now... Trying to really damage control that a bit. He uh, did an interview with MMQB and today talked about how Rosen needs to be challenged intellectually so he doesn't get bored. He's a millennial. He wants to know why. Millennials, once they know why, they're good. Josh has a lot of interests in life. If you can hold his concentration level and focus only on football for a few years, he will set the world on fire. He has so much ability, and he's a really good kid. So uh, going the millennial route, which, I don't know, is that just a young person thing or is it a millennial thing to want to know why, to not just take orders blindly? I'm a millennial. I do like things to be explained, but I think 
if you're a quarterback and you're supposed to be the leader of a team, you should be a guy who asks why to your coach. That way you have full understanding when you are trying to lead your football team if you know someone else is going to ask you the same kind of question. Uh, it should not be a negative, and Mora then was correcting this on NFL Network today and, and meant it as a... Uh, a positive, but you know, is that something that teams should be worried about? That Josh Rosen could get bored with football and and not have. I I gotta think, dude. There's enough on your plate, and when you're an NFL starting quarterback, that you will remain interested. And Rosen, he's taken a lot of hits, man, for like nonsense. Uh, that the only one that I can think is legit. Like, you know, he grew up with a lot of money. The guy's got options. He's a very smart uh, kid as well, and he's had a couple of concussions. And you gotta think if that were to become a recurring issue for him, he would have the ability more than maybe some other players would to step away from the game. I could see that as a legitimate concern if you're drafting Josh Rosen, you're worried about the head injuries and you know how many concussions he'd be willing to take, which, geez, any college quarterback that had two concussions in one season, I think you'd be worried about the concussion issue anyway. But the idea that he's too smart or that he has too many varied interests, it just strikes me as a lot of nonsense. He had a hot tub in his dorm room, so obviously this guy... I mean, how many whacks can we come up against, uh, you know, Josh Rosen for, you know, really just nonsense? And I prefer Darnold. I think Darnold's the better quarterback from what I've seen of these guys. And, you know, Allen, uh, Josh Allen out of Wyoming, he's got the big arm and a lot of the physical skills, but I would put Rosen ahead of Allen. I wouldn't, it, it just feels like there's been so much made of so little with Rosen, things that should be positives are used against him and after a while it gets a a little bit tiring but Jim Mora Jr. today on NFL Network tried to uh, correct some things and then dove into the Jets and the Giants and how they'd fit with Rosen. Do I think he's the best quarterback in the draft? No. I think he's the best player in the draft. How about that? Does that mean I think he's a fit for every team? No. You know I think that being, being schooled by a Pat Shermer Great fit for a guy that's as smart as, as Josh Rosen. To be in a room with Jeremy Bates, great fit for a guy like Josh Rosen. I think he'll excel. Do you think he wants to go number one? I think everyone wants to go number one. And I saw a statement today. He says, it doesn't matter who drafts me. I'm going to go and I'm going to play. I'm going to do my best. And that's Josh. But of course he wants to go number one. So I'm sure when I said, hey, maybe we take Josh uh, or we take Sam Darnold number one, I'm sure it, it got under his skin a little bit, and it, obviously it, it raised some eyebrows around the country. But in this speculation, isn't it awesome? I mean, it, it really it keeps people talking, I'll tell you that. It's not awesome. It's annoying. But uh, it's Jim Mora Jr., NFL Network, uh, with Andrew Siciliano. And everyone's reacting to basically some of the things that Mora has said himself. But it just feels like, you know, Rosen's taken hit after hit after hit here for a lot of nonsense. And listen, if the Jets or the Giants, if they end up with Darnold, Rosen, they got to be very happy with the way it turned out. And I told you the concern I have with Rosen with the concussions. But uh, beyond that, and he's too smart. How are these like real issues that you're gonna you're gonna have with uh with a quarterback, especially with the way the league is today? Uh eight hundred three two one zero seven ten. Mac in Jersey. How are we doing tonight, Mac? Great, Pete, how are you? I'm good. What's going on? I called because you said people are gonna be overthinking this thing at this time. And you're right. So if I'm Cleveland, I don't wanna overthink this thing. 
I can easily, I can get Barkley at one and one of these three guys at four. Doesn't matter which one, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. And usually when they talk about these quarterbacks, they mention all three in the same breath. No one is really crazy about one over the other. I think Darnold separates himself. In my opinion, and I've seen that otherwise, I'd be shocked if the Browns do not take Sam Darnold number one. Well, Giant fans are praying that Cleveland picks a quarterback because Barkley will not be there at four. Well, do you want your Giants fan who wants Barkley? Is that what you're saying? I'm Giants fans. I'm not a Giants fan, but they are hoping and praying and trying to convince Cleveland to pick a quarterback so that uh, they can get Barkley. The Giants fans should be hoping they get a quarterback because if they if they draft Barkley, he's a tremendous player, and you know, they can go nine and seven this upcoming year, and then they won't have a quarterback after that, and it, it won't matter what Saquon Barkley's doing. He'll be he'll be the Barry Sanders of the Giants. Uh, they need a quarterback in the future. Are they crazy if they don't take one when they have an opportunity here? All right, I'll go along with that, but I'm really Cleveland has to get both Barkley and one of these three guys. They have to. Well, and thanks for the call, Mac. Uh, you know, Cleveland could take Darnold number one, and then I, I still think most likely you're going to see quarterbacks go two and three. We know the Jets are taking a quarterback at three. I think the Giants should. I can't say I'm 100% they will, but they should. They could even trade out of that spot to a quarterback needy team, uh, perhaps, uh, depending on how far back they're really willing to go. But I think it's still likely that Cleveland could get Barkley at four. And listen, it's not as if there's not any other talent in this draft. Uh, the Browns will have options at four, even beyond the quarterback, and they could be in a spot to trade down as well to the Bills or the Cardinals if one of those teams uh, loves, you know, let's say Josh Allen is, is still on the board there if the uh, the Giants had taken Barkley. So, uh, you know, I, I think the Browns are in a, a strong spot. I don't think they have to – I think taking Barkley is exactly overthinking it. And to me, Sam Darnold's number one quarterback in this draft, you take him if you have the opportunity. I'll tell you right now with the Jets, I got my season tickets about five years ago, six years ago, because I knew there's no chance of them ever hosting a playoff game. If they drafted Sam Darnold, I'm all, I'm right back in. I'm I'm getting tickets back. I'm getting to those games. I am in on the Jets a thousand percent. I I love the Jets either way. But I'm telling you, I'll invest my time, money in that team again if they could somehow get Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold's a legit franchise quarterback. The other guys are a notch below. I think Allen's a project. Rosen could come in and compete right away. Um, but you worry about the concussions. And then Baker Mayfield, I just I don't like at all. I think he's small. I don't like the arm. Uh, I like his attitude, actually. I, I like some of the stuff he gets criticized for. But at three, that is a total reach. The Jets, if they were going to take him, you just stay back at six and, and grab him there anyway. Uh, so I don't think that's something that the Jets are going to be uh, diving into. But that's the way that, that I look at this quarterback class. But all I know is... That night, that draft night, I believe it's April 26th, is going to be an absolute blast in this town. How often do you have the Jets at three, the Giants at two, both of them can be taking franchise quarterbacks. That will be awesome. And yeah, Thursday, April 26th, the Mets play a day game, so it's perfect. The Yankees do too, as a matter of fact. You get all the baseball out there in the day. Football can rule the night. And I don't have to watch you know, four hours of draft coverage. All the intrigue will be done like 30 minutes in. Can't beat it. 
800-321-0710. Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy on The Voice of New York, 710-WOR. 710-WOR. You're in the Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy. Oh, by the way, uh, Geno Smith signed on with the Los Angeles Chargers. So uh, Geno gets uh, another lease on life. Former Jet, former Giant now as well, we can say. And the uh, the Chargers, they, they've dove for the former second-round pick of the Jets before. Kellen Clemens uh, has played there for a long time now, uh, or was there for a long time. And um, you know now uh, Geno Smith probably taking his place there uh, with the Chargers. No longer in San Diego, in uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, so, now again, the Mets will be back at it tomorrow after the snow out today. Uh, it'll be Matt Harvey on the hill. So our first look at Harvey uh, in a major league game since last September. And it, it was brutal uh last september it was hard to watch it looked like at times you know harvey didn't want to be there and physically he's a compromised pitcher and while he was throwing 95 uh he didn't have the command that he uh had showed in the past uh we'll say over the course of spring training you saw about the same velocity but he seemed to have a much better idea where it was going especially as spring went along uh so you know with all that harvey's gone through you know you'd think that 98 99 mile per hour fastball that he had even post tommy john that might be a thing of the past and the thing for harvey now will be can he truly pitch and you know can he shake things off when they're not going his way as inevitably will happen over the course of this year uh these are some of the things that you want to find out about harvey and we'll get our uh, first taste of that in, in 2018, but he would have been the third starter for this team if not for the fact that you know he faced the Cardinals late in spring training, so they decided to let Stephen Matz get the Cardinals on Sunday, and now uh, Harvey will get the Phillies uh, just uh, a day late here. And again, you know, some shuffling with the Mets rotation. Now Seth Lugo gets skipped this first time around, and they will have Noah Syndergaard start Wednesday against the Phillies, which I mean, for our purposes on the radio, you can still listen, of course, on 710 WOR, but that Cindergard start now is going to be that that Facebook game that they have. The Mets game on Wednesday will not be televised anywhere. It will only be streamed on Facebook. That's where it's going to exclusively be. And now it's a Noah Cindergard outing on top of it all. So they're going to be, I think, uh, you know, some frustrated Mets fans at work looking to to watch the game one way or the other. I, I and uh, and and. You know, maybe they'll find Facebook. We'll uh, we'll see how how that all plays out on Wednesday. But that'll about do it for the show tonight. Again, we'll be back with you. Mets on deck tomorrow, six oh five. Jerry Blevins with us at six ten, as he will be every Tuesday. Thanks to Jim Duquette, Todd Zalecki, Mo Casera for joining us on the show. For Ray Martell, Mark Weiner, I'm Pete McCarthy. Enjoy your evening. Dave Ramsey's next. Your new.